Good day, everyone. I'm Dylan Brown, and welcome to Rangers to the Core. This is a behind-the-scenes look at what we do as park rangers for the Army Corps of Engineers in our everyday lives, and also a way to keep you up to date on what's going on within the Wilmington District of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. So, um, first, what we'll talk about today is why we decided to do this podcast in the first place. So, it kind of happened on my end. A nice gentleman, Mr. Tom Conroy, who's a retired U.S. Army Corps of Engineers employee, as well as a local captain of the Coast Guard Auxiliary, he came to us and said, hey guys, um, got the studio set up. Would love to help you guys out any way I can. So I'd been kind of stewing on it for a little while, and uh, I thought, you know, we all listen to podcasts a lot, so why don't we give that a shot? And uh, one of our meetings, I was like, hey, um, you guys think this would be interesting at all? And everyone was really supportive of it. So um, we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into, but uh, here we are. I think we're all looking forward to it. I think we got a, a really cool lineup up ahead. What do you guys think? Absolutely. Awesome. So um, I'll quickly go over uh, the meaning of park rangers to the core and how we came up with that and then we'll go around and do introductions so park rangers to the core everybody's going to tell us we spelled core wrong but being the u.s army corps of engineers it's sort of a play on words if you will so i think uh, i'm definitely speak for myself i don't know about everyone but um being a park ranger you know something i wanted to do to I wanted to do as a young adult. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of that career path we all chose. And I feel like we put our all into it, um, all the way to the core, if you will. So, uh, that's where my inspiration for the, uh, for the name of the podcast came from. And, uh, our last meeting, we was trying to toss around all these different names and that's, that's the one we landed on. So, like I said earlier, uh, I'm Dylan Brown. I'm the interpretive park ranger at Philpot Lake in Bassett, Virginia, and my favorite outdoor activity would have to be hunting and fishing. So we're going to go around the horn now, and we will start with Carmen, and we will all introduce ourselves. Go ahead, Carmen. Hey, everyone. My name is Carmen, and I am a natural resources specialist with the Wilmington District Natural Resource Management Section. And uh, I do quite a bit of, of different tasks uh, related to recreation um, in particular. And uh, one of the areas that I like to focus on or I do focus on is water safety and uh, environmental education, along with a whole host of other things um, to ensure that our programs are, are operating smoothly. And my one of my favorite outdoor recreation activities, I've always been a big fan of uh, canoeing. And I don't get to do it a lot anymore, but certainly when I was younger and growing up through um, college and things like that, I, was, I often hit the water in the canoe and just such a, a relaxing thing to do and something that um, I know lots of people enjoy at our lakes. So let's see, hey Emily, what's your favorite outdoor thing to do? Hey everyone, thanks for listening. My name is Emily. I am the interpretive ranger at John H. Carr Dam and Reservoir in Boydton, Virginia. Right on the North Carolina and Virginia state line is our reservoir, John H. Carr, also known as Bugs Island Lake. My favorite 
outdoor activity has to do with anything related to the water, whether it's just swimming or kayaking or stand up paddle boarding. I am fortunate I get to live kind of close to the lake in which I work at. And so I get to hang out near the water quite often. So any of those activities. And I'm going to hand it over to David. Hey, guys. My name is David Schwartz, and I'm a park ranger with the Corps of Engineers at Falls Lake. I previously worked at Car Lake, where Emily works for about nine or so years, and now I'm back at Falls Lake near Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm actually one of the rangers that uh, lets the water go through the dam from Falls Lake into the Noose River that eventually goes to the ocean. So that's pretty cool right there. And one of my favorite things I like to do outside now that I have kids is basically playing with my kids. I have a four-year-old and a five-year-old, so now my life pretty much revolves around being outside with kids. I'm just doing kid things outside. And now I'm going to pass it to Grace. Hey everyone, my name is Grace Trimble and I am the interpretive park ranger at Debbie Kerr Scott Dam and Reservoir in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, which is at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Something I like to do outdoors is tree and flower identification. I use uh, various apps uh, to log my findings and that's something that I enjoy doing with my daughter. And I'm going to pass it to Jory. Hey everybody, I'm Jory Taylor, the District Environmental Compliance Coordinator for Wilmington to hike and combine that with nature photography. That's awesome. So this is our crew, essentially. We plan to have guests on at some point. Um, Thank you everyone for introducing yourselves, and I'm sure the audience will get to know us a lot more as we uh, continue this podcast. So it's going to be real fun to see how this develops. I'm excited about it. So for this first podcast, we wanted to talk to everyone about the overall structure of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. So for that, I'm going to pass it over to Carmen, and uh, she's our team leader, if you will, for our environmental education and water safety team. She's going to go over the unique structure of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and how we fit in as park rangers, because it's sort of hard to bridge that gap in a lot of people's minds of how you go from the U.S. Army to a park ranger at a lake. So, Carmen, I'll let you take it away. Thanks, Dylan. I'll be happy to. Um, I'm super excited to um, be on this podcast today to to share more about the Corps of Engineers with you. And, um, you know, it's uh, there's such a great group of people on here, too, as well, um, working alongside me. Um, so thanks to thanks to everybody that's here today to, to make this possible. Um, but, yeah, we do want to go into a little bit about how the how the Corps works and how we're structured and some of our missions. So um, that's where we're going to start. And then we're going to go into a little bit again about how we're structured and then I'm going to bring it back down to the at the actual Wilmington district level. So, um, you know, many folks, you know, may not know the wide range of missions the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has here in the U.S. and across the world. And I'm going to briefly run through some of those highlights. The Corps is the nation's environmental engineer. The Corps owns and operates more than two, more than 600 dams. The Corps operates and maintains 12,000 miles of commercial inland navigation channels. The Corps dredges more than 200 million cubic yards of construction and maintenance dredge material annually. The Corps maintains 926 coastal Great Lakes and inland harbors. The Corps restores, creates, enhances, or preserves tens of thousands of acres of wetlands annually under the Corps' regulatory program. The Corps provides a total water supply storage capacity of 329.2 million acre feet. 
in our core lakes. The core owns and operates 24% of the U.S. hydropower capacity or 3% of the total U.S. electric capacity. The core supports Army and Air Force installation. The core also provides technical and construction support to more than 100 countries. The core manages an Army military construction program. The core also researches and develops technologies to protect the nation's environment and enhance quality of life. And the core is a leading provider of outdoor recreation with over 400 lake and river projects, which are located in 43 states. And those projects receive over 260 million visits. With that, 90% so of our recreation areas are located within 50 miles of a major metropolitan center. So most likely, no matter where you're at, um, there's likely a core site very close to you. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. The longer uh, we kind of get involved with it. I know it's been that way for me since I started working here, uh, just in travels a across the nation. You'll see that uh, that castle logo on a sign on the side of an interstate or something, and you'll I catch myself thinking, oh, wow, there's a Corps of Engineers Lake way out here, knowing good and well we're a nationwide agency. But uh, it's just fun to see uh, the diversity of the agency as far as uh, all the different locations and missions go. Yes, definitely. Um, that's one of the unique things you talk about, the, the core logo, um, and you do. Um, you do really do see it in a lot of places. Um, you know, before I started working for the Corps, I definitely, you know, didn't know much about the Corps um, and what the Corps did. I actually knew very little. Um, but now, you know, as I'm older and, and visiting other places, yeah, you see it. You see it a lot. So I know that was I know that was a lot that I, I covered there. Um, and that really doesn't capture it all. Um, those are just some of the, the highlights. Um, and, you know, when we're we're all interpretive rangers on here and, and when we're doing uh, outreach programs and programs for the public of, of all ages, because we do do programs from, you know, for, for little kids all the way up to um, older adults, you know, we're uh, sharing information about the Corps of Engineers, uh, wildlife, natural resources, forestry, water safety, on and on. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we don't have very much time to present a program. Um, but we definitely do want to get out those those core missions. So, um, so uh, I don't know, Emily. Um, how how do you cover all this material in such a short amount of time? I mean, what are the key takeaways? Well, you listed out so many fun facts about the core and all, all the different things we're doing nationwide, and um, it can be kind of confusing to explain to folks, as as you guys have already said. Um, and so, I like to kind of give this uh, visual. Um, or, or a visual example, um, metaphor, if you will, where if everybody pictures a big umbrella, maybe this big umbrella is red and it has that core castle logo right on the top of it. And, um, you know, our headquarters in Washington, D.C. and all that fun stuff. And then we start to picture underneath that big umbrella, three smaller umbrellas. And uh, underneath that overarching umbrella of the core, I like to tell people um, that there's the engineering side of things. And that's a really big part of the Corps. You listed a lot of stuff that the engineers that the engineers with the U.S. Army Corps do. Then there's operations, um, their umbrella underneath that big umbrella. 
And then our third and final umbrella is our sub umbrella, if you will, is our regulatory program. And they're the folks who are doing all of that amazing work with the uh, wetlands and the Clean Water Act and all that fun stuff. But for rangers, where we come in, Park Rangers to the core, where we come in is right underneath that middle operations umbrella. So all of the public land and all of those over 400 lakes and river projects you, you mentioned in all of the different states around the country, all of those fall underneath the operations umbrella. And so that's where our public land and park rangers come in. Awesome. I, I love the analogy of the umbrella. That That is a fantastic way. And I'm sure if, I'm sure everybody could hear, everybody here would probably give a little different spin on, on how they explain it. But but that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Emily, I'm picturing a, a, an interpretive display now with the umbrella, just so you know, for the future. <laughs> um, we'll work on the design. I would yeah, just like to... Yeah. I would just like to point out to everybody, uh, I usually make it a point to tell everyone that this uh, ops branch of the umbrella is the best one. Um, we're, we're the cool <laughs> <Absolutely>. people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we, we are pretty cool and a uh, great, great group. I think I've mentioned that probably a couple of times now and probably I'm sure I'll probably say it again. So while we're on like um, programs and things, I know... So, yeah, so when we're doing programs, and, and we do a, a lot of programs for all ages, from little kids to older adults, I know it's one of my favorite, and I think I can speak for everyone here, it's one of their favorite things to do is to, to provide information about the Corps and our natural resources and, and all our different programs. But I can guarantee you that probably in every single program, someone asks, are you a soldier in the Army? Have any of y'all ever had that question? Yep. 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 All the yes. time. Yes. <laughs> so does anybody want to explain that a little more about how that works? Carmen, I'll explain that. Okay, perfect. So no, we're not uh, soldiers in the Army. Most employees within the Army Corps of Engineers are civilians, but at each level within the Corps, we are led by a team of Army commanders. For example, at the headquarters level, Lieutenant General Scott A. Spellman is the 55th Chief of Engineers and Commanding General of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. The Corps is then broken up into uh, nine divisions. We are part of the South Atlantic Division, commanded by Brigadier General Daniel Hibner. The South Atlantic Division is further broken down into five districts, including the Jacksonville, Mobile, Savannah, Charleston, and Wilmington districts. The Wilmington District Commander is Colonel Benjamin A. Bennett. That's so unique from uh, other land management agencies, even though we don't technically fall in the land management area or land management agency category. Um, just having worked the Forest Service, you know, it's just you have – you're, we call ourselves rangers here, but in the Forest Service, they're techs. And then you have a district ranger, and then you have a bunch of supervisors, but they're all like on the Forest Service side of things. And then with the Army Corps of Engineers, our big boss is a commander in, in the military. I mean, where's, where's a military uniform? And uh, it's really interesting because, I mean, it effectively, it works the same. It's still a command structure. Everyone has someone to report to, just like these other agencies. But really, the only difference is we have someone at the top of ours, or several people at the top of ours, who are uniformed armed service members. And they get to see both sides of the coin as far as, uh, you know, these civilian operations on our side and as well as how that meshes with actual military operations. 
that we don't really see much. Something else that this brings up to me, too, is just, you know, when we start thinking about our district, we're all in the Wilmington district, we all work really closely together. And then we start interacting with people from other districts. And then the other divisions, you know, we're in the South Atlantic division or SAD, and we start looking at all these other divisions, just how unique and and different every, you know, operations um, project is, every lake, every river project, reservoir project is different. We all have different missions, but yet we're all very similar and we all operate similarly, similarly but also very different depending on where we are. Such an interesting dynamic um, within the agency as a whole. Yeah, for sure. I've been in training with some of those guys at like uh, some of those districts that's on the Mississippi River. And they talk about how much they interact with the Mississippi and other rivers that flow into the Mississippi and in all their different jobs, sometimes how far they travel as rangers. And then I think, wow, that's really unique. But then they turn around and ask me like, oh, you have the intercoastal waterway over there, even though that's something, you know, rangers don't necessarily patrol. That's more to do with our surveying division. But, uh, they think we're unique because we have the intercoastal waterway. Like you said, that diversity between districts is very interesting. Yeah. And at risk of sounding cheesy at the end of the day, water is what connects everything and everyone. And that is what we're working around every single day. That is so cheesy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Cheesy, but awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yes. A little bit cheesy, Emily, but perfect. It's a perfect segue into our last main talking point for this section. I, w- I want to drill it down a little bit into the Wilmington District and what park rangers do. So, you know, going back to Emily's analogy uh, with the umbrella, the our dams and lakes fall under the operations division. And many people don't know that the Corps has public lands and park rangers. So I want to kind of highlight what we have here in the Wilmington District. Here in our Wilmington District, we operate lakes in North Carolina and Southern Virginia. There are five lakes and three locks and dams, which encompass 122,174 land acres, 81,717 water acres, 1,305 shoreline miles, and annually to all of our lakes, our five lakes and our three locks and dams. So annually we receive over 10 million visitors. In later episodes, we're gonna kind of take a dive into what our visitors like to do, but there's tons of things that visitors enjoy doing when they come to our lakes. So David, can you give them a preview of some of those things? Yeah, let's do a little spoiler. Let's say uh, I work at Falls Lake and some of you guys listening, maybe have been to Falls Lake before, right next to Raleigh, North Carolina. So Falls Lake is all about water supply and flood control, uh, preventing floods going downstream into the Noose River and protecting people downstream. Um, If you live in Raleigh, you hopefully turn on your water at home and have water that comes out of Falls Lake from right here. So a lot of people like to recreate on Falls Lake on the weekends in the immediate area from Raleigh. Um, We're we're right next to Jordan Lake, too. Right on the other side of Raleigh is Jordan Lake. Um, Grace, can you mention uh, something about uh, Jordan Lake as well? 
So I am uh, temporarily working at Jordan Lake right now, even though I normally work at Debbie Kerr Scott. So Jordan Lake also is a water supply for several different cities, but Apex and Cary, uh, North Carolina being the largest um, supply for those. Uh, we also have tons of recreation. It's a really big lake managed by the core a little bit, um, owned by the core entirely, managed by the core a little bit. But we also have partners um, in our ma land management as well, including including NC Wildlife Resources Commission, NC State Parks, and also NC Forest Service. All right, so what about Debbie Carr Scott Lake? I mean, I've heard of that place. It's close to Wilkesboro and everything. What about Debbie Carr Scott Lake? Is that a cool place to be at? So Debbie Carr Scott is beautiful. Um, we, uh, at that lake, it's a smaller lake, but it is uh, managed entirely by the Corps. We don't have um, any partners managing the land that the Corps owns there. We have three campgrounds, so it's very big for camping, it's big for boating, and we have uh, 40 plus miles of uh, world-class biking trails as well. I mean, so those are our North Carolina lakes, uh, Falls Lake, Jordan Lake, and Debbie Scott Lake. And then we got some two other ones, Virginia. Uh, Virginia, you know, is up there as well. So Emily is actually at Car Lake. Emily, can you mention the exciting things briefly about Car Lake? Yeah, Car Lake's pretty big. We're Bugs Island Lake to those who uh, know it with that name, same body of water. There is a lot going on here. There's everything from campgrounds, Virginia State Parks, North Carolina State Parks, since we're actually right on the uh, state line, the lake is right on the state line. So um, we have the Corps manages its own campgrounds and boat ramps and day use areas. And there's, you know, all sorts of recreational opportunities there with trails, swimming, boating, fishing, all that kind of stuff. And then there's also Virginia State Parks on the reservoir, as well as North Carolina State Parks that also offer an abundant, you know, plethora of different sort of outdoor recreation op opportunities. And, and the lake is used the, I know we're going to get into the core missions and why all of our lakes exist uh, later, so won't talk too much about that, but lake, the lake itself is doing a lot here too. So anyway, lots going on, come see us. And there's a river that flows from uh, up in Virginia that goes into Car Lake. So where does that river come from? Is there a lake, you know, just north of there? There is, there is. So Philpot uh, over there with Dylan, where our, our uh, lead podcaster here, Dylan, he can talk some more about Philpot, but you know, the water, as I said before, water connects us all. So Car, car Reservoir, Bugs Island Lake is downstream from Philpot. Yeah, if I remember correctly, you guys are on the Roanoke River. We're on the Smith River, which flows its way into the Roanoke eventually. Did I get that right? Yeah, you got it. And we're, we're all uh, kind of in the same uh, river basin, if you will. So the yeah. overarching large, large basin. So yes, and the Dan comes down from you guys and, and into, into Car Reservoir as well, Dan River. So yep. Absolutely. So there, there's a couple turns along the way, but yeah, we're we're up there. We're upstream from uh, John H. Carr, and we are Philpot Lake. That's where I work. I think what our lake is known for the most is not to take anybody else's thunder or talk bad about any other lakes, cause it, cause it's definitely going to sound like that maybe a little bit. But I think we're the pretty lake. <laughs> we we have undeveloped shoreline for the most part. We only have a few docks on the lake. The most common compliment I hear up here is just how pretty the lake is. How everyone loves to see the natural shoreline. That being said, I think boating and camping is probably our 
top recreation activities up here. We do have uh, Virginia State Park really close by, Ferry Stone, and they, as well as Ferry Stone Farms, which is managed by not the state parks, but by the Department of Wildlife Resources. They're mostly wildlife management areas, so that's a good place for a lot of wildlife viewing and hunting to go down. So we we have a little bit of it all, but as I said earlier, um, the thing I hear the most is about how pretty we are. Not that you're bragging. No, no, not at all. Not me. (laughs) And definitely not like whenever we all go up there, we take pictures of of the lake and from the visitor center or anything like that. You know, definitely not. Oh, yeah. You got to love that overlook up there. It's a sight. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you may have the most uh, photographed overlook in the Corps of Engineers, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it is beautiful, and, and definitely every lake has something special and unique to offer, and, and we are going to dive into that in a, in a later episode. But did just want to touch on all the lakes real quick, give you a few more facts to leave with. There's an awesome website that you can go to called Value to the Nation, where you can pull the figures related to all the Corps of Engineers lakes in the country, and you can even drill down to your favorite lake. So this is where I pulled this information from, and this is going back to 2021, but it's estimated the recreation areas within Wilmington District provided over 93 million in national economic development benefits. So lots of people you know, using the lake, visiting the lake, stopping along the way to purchase supplies and things, um, I'll add into that. You can read more on that on the Value to the Nation site. It's a pretty neat site. So, wow, there's a lot out there and there's a lot of work to be done at our lakes and our projects. And that's where our rangers come into play. And park rangers are often referred to as the face of the Corps. And another common phrase you'll hear is that park rangers wear many different hats. And let's let's dive into that a little bit. So what does that mean? What does it mean when we say park rangers wear many different hats? Well, it's pretty literal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we definitely have plenty of hats. They all serve a purpose for sure. Um, one of my favorite hats to wear uh, is, uh, is a hard hat, uh, particularly doing uh, wildland fire or uh, hurricane relief operations, things like that. That's one thing that comes to mind. I know park rangers in general are known for the what we all like to call the smoky hat, that wonderful uh, campaign hat that was adopted from the Army. Um, and in our logo. And in our logo, yes. Our podcast logo. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So uh, there, there's definitely a lot more to it. I mean, uh, the different hats we wear is a pretty broad spectrum. Those are my two favorites, though. What, anybody else got one? I, uh, at, our, at John H. Carr, we get to wear those kind of wide brim, almost like Indiana Jones looking hats. The green ones with the core little red logo on the front. And uh, I like wearing those because I get approval to wear that hat when I, whenever I'm out doing like uh, maintenance work, maybe it's or working with volunteers out on a trail or we wear those on boat patrol when we're out uh, on the actual reservoir riding in our U.S. Army Corps boat that you might see, you know, going and making sure all of our boaters and fishers and recreators are being safe and all that, all that fun stuff, doing that water safety aspect of our job. So I like wearing that hat. Also makes me feel a little bit like Indiana Jones or something. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little Jonesy. What? I like um, our, our winter hat. That's kind of like the, the winter beanie. That's something that I wear all winter long when I'm outside. During the winter months, our day-to-day activities might be a little slower because um, we're not in the high recreation season, but we still have plenty of work to do 
all the things that we may have put off during the busy rec season, we catch up in the winter, but we're also outside checking our boundary. We're walking our boundary line and inspecting for encroachments or trespasses. And so that winter hat comes in handy for when it's really cold outside. We also do have a baseball cap too, or a ball cap um, that we wear if we're doing boat patrols, if we're on a boat, just checking out the shoreline or making sure everyone's uh, being safe out on the water. We do wear that on the boat until it flies off and goes into the water. So then then we usually don't have that anymore. So (laughs) ball cap that we go on the boat as well. Then we go back and get it because leave no trace, right? We don't want any litter. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, yep. (laughs) Yeah, so lots of of different hats and different times to wear our different hats. You know, we're mentioned earlier that we're all outreach rangers, but I also want to give a shout out to our, our other types of park rangers. So we all fall under that broad category, but then have different tasks and things that we specialize in. Like I mentioned, our outreach, doing a lot of programs, water safety programs, but we also have foresters and conservation biologists. We have shoreline rangers. And then we have rangers that help look after different contracting actions and do what we call quality assurance on those. And then even we have chief rangers that are helping manage the whole program. So a lot of different different people fall under that umbrella there of park rangers keep getting back to that umbrella analogy tell you uh, displays coming near you so yeah we do a lot lots of different things so winding down on this portion uh, is there anybody that wants to give a, a closing remark about park rangers in the wilmington district stay tuned for future podcast episodes we're going to deep dive into all this stuff that's yes. right yes. get way in the weeds <laughs> yes super super excited for what the future holds in terms of uh the topics i know we've already come up with and topics yet to be determined it's very exciting yeah Could that... we give everyone listening like a little bit of what next month in july we're going to be kind of starting out with what we're going to be doing we're looking to do a podcast like this one every month so it'll be a longer podcast more in depth hopefully have some guest interviews like i said a while ago just getting way into the weeds or into the woods, I should say, since we're park rangers. <laughs> and uh, There's weeds in the woods, too. <laughs> that's true. Very true. But uh, getting way down into those details about what we do that people may not necessarily see. So that's, that's exciting to me. I definitely look forward to it. Then the other thing we're going to do is we're going to try to do a ranger minute every week. We're going to try to start that in July, and uh, that'll be just a short podcast that'll come out once a week just have like a quick hot tip sort of thing looking at probably about a five minute time span so be on the lookout for those this being our first podcast please leave us any comments on the on the podcast links whether you're listening on apple itunes or spotify or google or wherever you're listening we'd love to see your comments Uh, i can get access to those and see what you have to say And we're also looking for a little ditty to play at the beginning of the show. Uh, Like a little, I don't know, just some sort of little song. If anybody out there wants to put something like that together uh, for us to play a little guitar solo or something at the beginning of the show, that'd be awesome. Uh, We would love it. so we'd, we'd definitely give you a, uh, a shout-out for that, if nothing else. Um, but, yeah, if anybody has any ideas for that out there, shoot them to us. Um, do you guys have anything else today for our 
pilot podcast? No. All right. Well, definitely uh, one of our main uh, goals in the Army Corps of Engineers, especially as interpretive rangers and uh, as far as lake ops go, is we have a very strong water safety campaign. Um, we're, we're actually going to have uh, Tom, our sound engineer, whose studio we're using here, Mr. Tom Conroy. Uh, he's with the Coast Guard Auxiliary, so he's going to be here at some point as well as a guest to talk about water safety from their perspective. But uh, we're going to try to leave you guys with a and gals with a water safety tip at the end of every episode. So uh, for today. I just wanted to tell everyone to make sure you're wearing your life jackets when you're on a boat or some kind of personal flotation device. If you are under 13 years of age, you should be wearing one at all times on a boat. And the two key things to look out for in those life jackets is, number one, that it is sized correctly and serviceable. So not torn up or anything like that. Check out that tag on the inside. Make sure the weight rating on that tag um, meets the specifications for your body. And then number two, wear it correctly. Make sure all those buckles are buckled or zipper zipped or whatever the case may be for your style of life jacket. So that's going to be our water safety tip of the day. And... uh, One other thing on closing out is this should be released on or very close to the Army Corps of Engineers' birthday. So, happy birthday to the Army Corps of Engineers. Um, Happy birthday. Yeah, great day for uh, dropping a pilot episode for some uh, interesting content, we hope. So, um, So, yeah, we definitely look forward to taking this on and uh like i said earlier in those comments you guys let us know what you want to hear about um we'd we'd love to get some inspiration from the public as far as uh what they want to know that goes on uh in the core of engineers or in the lives jobs of park rangers so thanks for listening everyone absolutely thank you everyone for listening we'll be with you again on uh, sorry all right thank you everyone for listening We will see you again in July, and we can't wait to expand and see what July has in store for us. But I hope you guys enjoyed this one, and I hope you look forward to the next one. So please subscribe, especially if you're in the district listening area, and we will keep you up to date with all the (laughs) goings-ons and the... uh, in the Wilmington district with the Corps of Engineers. So thank you everyone. And I hope you have a great day and a great month until you get to hear us again.